have risen from the ashes to school the masses. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Scholars of Wrestling Show, episode 426. And tonight, we are celebrating officially 10 years of the Scholars of Wrestling Show. We've been doing it for that long. And joining us this week is an an undisputed scholar in his own right and the current Scholars of Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion. He is Scholar Brian. Scholar Brian, how's 10 years feeling? Feeling pretty good. Holding it down for the undisputed scholars and uh, 10 years. Well, flies by. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. This is one of those things where it's, it, I don't know about you, but this kind of snuck up on me. Like I just looked on the calendar, I marked it off way in advance, and all of a sudden, whoa. This is our 10-year anniversary. We've been doing this for a decade, and I've got a feeling that it's caught a lot of us flat-footed as well. You know, we're still getting yeah, our rest. We're still get, keeping ourselves occupied, but life goes on, and so does the Scholars of Wrestling, apparently. Yeah, life, life goes on, and look, it's... Yeah, this, this didn't get... We weren't set up. We weren't ready for it like we were the 400 and the 500 and all that because we have we we have the numbers as we do each episode. So we know which number episode it is. And then it's just like it, it would be one of those things for me like, hey, I was looking on Facebook and the Facebook memories page popped mm. up and – Hey, episode one was ten years ago today. Holy shit balls. <laughs> so yeah, there definitely wasn't too yeah. much to help us in the modern era of Facebook reminders and calendars and all that. But really, thankfully, it was actually Scholar Tarek, who was definitely one of, if not the, by a pretty large margin recorder of title reigns and anniversaries he's been doing a really good job on that recently and is just being able to keep record of all of this let alone being able to celebrate 10 years of this wacky little hobby of ours it's it's tremendous yeah it did just coming from how we started which was Talking, talking stuff up in the middle of the street, <laughs> middle of the street, just talking up ideas, get, and and deciding, hey, instead of doing this in the middle of the street, we should hop on, we should hop on this thing that everybody's doing, and 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 start a little podcast, and and now after doing that, and now ten years later, we're still doing it. It stands the test of time, man. Excited for excited for more to come. Yeah, and for those who are probably just checking, clicking on this for the first time just recently, uh, as the story goes, it was really first. It started just sitting outside or standing outside on the sidewalk after like a Monday Night Raw or something talking about just ideas to do some sort of podcast or it actually started out as a radio show and then it, between you and Tarek and then you guys had the idea to ask me about it and bring me in did you know at the time that I was doing my undergrad in like radio and tv communication so I actually had some kind of experience with technicality or were you just like okay we're looking for a third it it was one of those. Um, I'm sure Tar. I'm sure Tarek knew. I did, but it was also one of those like Tarek and I were talking about it, and then it's and then he and then he was like, "Let's bring in Jeff," and I was like, "Yeah, why the hell not?" <laughs> And then even and so I'm I'm pretty sure Tarek knows a whole lot more about you ten years ago <laughs> than I do. 
than than I did. So so if anybody knew at the time it was him that you did that you did radio at that you did radio at your college. So it was like and and so you know how Torek and I like to go on and on and on. So we, we really need I hadn't a, heard. We we need a uh, we need a straight man host to keep us in line. <laughs> and uh, whether or not I succeeded in that over the years is a whole, totally other thing. But I get what you're saying. But yeah, this I remember when we were first getting started, I was really excited about it. But uh, it seemed like we were sort of going back and forth on not just formats, but also names. Uh, as as I remember the story, this was originally birthed was originally birthed out of uh, uh, a friend of ours uh, named uh, JML that we call JML. He was running a little internet Facebook group called Helena Forum, as in Helena Cell Wrestling Talk, whatever. So when we originally were pitching wrestling show ideas, as I remember, the original pitch for the show or the name for the show on live blog talk radio at the time was actually Satan's scholars of wrestling to go along with the whole hell in a forum thing. And as soon as you brought me on, I remembered like, okay, we got to change the name. I'm, I'm not down with that. How about, and then someone, I don't remember who was just like, okay, how about just scholars of wrestling? Well, I was like, okay, I dig it. Yeah. It it was one of the, it was one of those, even when we came up with the name, we weren't sold on the name, but we were, but we were like, we're a part of this little group. We're, we're a part of this radio station. What, whatever went on behind the scenes over there went on, but we were trying to, we were trying to set up the show with a name that followed the principles of said group but we were also well aware that if we bought you that that if you decided to come on the show and and help us out and become the third man it's like we weren't going to be able to go with that we knew that straight we knew that straight off we knew we weren't going to be able to go with that so we so we had the backup plan where it was where where it was look the satan scholars of wrestling thing is obviously not going to work out so so when we have to change the name we're just going to take out the satan scholars of wrestling works and and then that's that's how we started we started the show basically doing weekly episodes on the history of our of us watching wrestling the history of wrestling itself and and then it springboarded into what it is right now yeah and certainly did seem like there were a lot of really rocky portions as fun as it was and as engaging it was to try and do the whole thing live this sort of thing was, if I, as I recall it, kind of, we went through a lot of phases going very quickly at the beginning. Uh, obviously, getting our first, getting started at first on blog talk radio, doing the thing live every week, which can be its own set of challenges. With, with one of the greatest endings we've ever had. I know with- I've got... I've got one in mind right now. I, I want to know which one you're referring to right now. Oh, I'm pretty sure you know the El Dandy bit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's the El Dandy bit. That's not the one I had in mind. I thought you were referring to just when we were were talking when we went off the air singing "Thrift Shop" by Macklemore. Yeah, that that was another good one. But the, the but the time when you when we were talking about Goldberg's streak ending, <laughs> and as we went off the air, 
because you shut it off real quick after that. It was it, <laughs> you. You sent it to the closing song, like immediately after that. But it was us bursting out laughing because you said, because <laughs> you said the only person who should have been able to beat Goldberg Street is El Dandy. <laughs> I could have sworn and, that was like years after that, like during no, one of our podcast that, eras. No, that was that. That was. It was close to the end of the blog talk radio era, but but it was you caught Scholar Tarek so off guard, <laughs> and that's that when just, I peaked. That he just lost it, and when he loses it, everybody else loses it because it's infectious, and you and you got the last word because immediately after saying El Dandy you hit you set it into the closing into the closing song and you just hear the song going with a bunch of laughter in the background <laughs> oh boy that I, I remember that and I was like okay I, I maybe there's something here for me I've got I'm not totally out of my depth I'm okay but then of course a little bit after that we decided to stop doing it live and switching it over to, we hosted the podcast version on Podbean, which I believe it's made something like the first 20 episodes made it onto Podbean hmm. before we eventually moved it over to where we are now on YouTube. And we've got some of our later episodes that are being hosted on, on Spotify for podcasters. Which, if anyone were to go back now, that would explain why we're missing the first 20 or so episodes of this show on the YouTubes. Because I think when we closed, what happened was, I'm not sure how much I talked about this, but when we were making our move and switched over from Podbean, when I, I think I, when I closed out the account, uh, I didn't know that actually deleted all of our past episodes along with it nothing was archived so that's why we those those first few episodes or so are now lost to time unfortunately yep it you, you live and you learn right it's it, it, that that was a testing phase i believe we were trying to find our place we we were trying to find where we would be able to do the best that we can do because we tried live. There were always technical issues. There were always technical issues. The reason that we were that we thought of doing it live at first was because we wanted to get like phone calls. We wanted to have people call in and and contribute. And then that that kind of died off after a little bit. So yeah, we were that like, was, I remember that really being no really fun for a, a brief while there when everything was new. We were telling all our friends. We got phone. We got calls in. We got listeners. We got active, engaging conversation. But after a while, I remember it sort of petering off. It went a little bit off, off the rails there for a while. Yeah, it started uh, petering off because we and our our equipment back then wasn't great. It, so there were technical issues all over the place for doing it live. So it's like there would be portions of the broadcast listening back where everything's distorted, where everything is low, where where the sound levels aren't right, and it was just like you know. It would probably be better to do this in a podcast form where we can edit it after listening to after listening to it before we actually put it out for the public. Yeah, and not to mention we have a better degree of control of how our voices are presented and how we are visually presented as well. Exactly. And uh I, I think it's worked out 
for for the better and i think we've i i think we peaked when we decided to not all try to fit in the same room <laughs> next oh, to boy. Each, next to each other and we de we decided to do it from our homes and places of work and whatever and wherever we decided to do it just seemed the optimal way to the optimal way to do it instead of trying to fit three to five people in one screen <laughs> yeah as fun as that was and you just covered so literal years of scholars of wrestling production and history just in those sent few sentences right there because it wasn't just us piling into a room with appropriate miking and setup. It was also the locations. It was also sometimes you had it was in someone's bedroom. Sometimes it was in like if you had access to an office, some office space, if you just in your personal office after work, which had its own fun. <laughs> fun experiences to it and even there's a couple scenes where uh, there's a couple episodes where it was even a space we a neutral space we had was actually in what is now my master bedroom before it got finished up so it's just like a blank white wall with a scholars <laughs> of wrestling sign but it was a space we had that we had total control over Exactly. And and that's I I think that's what we were looking for. The the entire time we were trying to find our identity and trying to find trying to figure out what we were doing and how the optimal way to do it. It's like what we wanted was our own space, our own equipment, our own way of doing things and we had to go through many areas to make it work and it turns out that once we started doing youtube and we actually started doing video instead of just doing audio recordings where you had to be in in the same space as everybody else i think this is where we found our stride yeah definitely and it just for me personally i have had to, a long time ago i've had to sort of forego the fact that with certain things i have tendency to be a bit of a perfectionist and my own harshest critic so when it came to something like this it it sort of taught me to be a little a bit adaptive be more forgiving of not just myself but of other people because really like i've said a million times doing this show it's it's you guys and the environment and the conversations that we have that make all of this worthwhile even right from the beginning and just looking back now after when i hear the old episodes when i see how the old episodes are filmed on whatever cameras we had that piecemeal together it's I'm looking back at it like a whole chapter of all of our lives and just all the progressions, all the all the ups, all the downs that we've all both all in collectively and individually. It's just a, even let's put it this way. I know that these days tech is very ubiquitous. It is all over the place anyone can do a podcast these days or pull out their phone and just shoot a video or review something or do whatever it is but to be doing that consistently for 10 years even if you're not the biggest show in the world you know what to do something that consistently for that long that's something special and that's something that I will always appreciate and love. Yeah, because it's all. Yeah, we're not the biggest podcast out there. We're we don't we don't try to be. We do, we try to make this 
like three to five old buddies just just shooting the shit, having a conversation, talking about wrestling and and what we like and what we don't like. It's it's basically a more streamlined version of those nights on the sidewalk after Monday Night Raw. And we still haven't learned to shut up. Of course not. And we probably never will. <laughs> hey, Lord willing, I'd still love to do this for years on years on end. Because, again, not only do you guys make it all possible, and that includes you, Tarek, you, Brian, you, Charlie, you, Jeremy, and everyone else who's hearing my voice right now, you guys, all of you, are the ones that make it all worthwhile in order to do this consistently for 10 years and beyond. So truly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. Indeed. Thank you for uh, putting up with us and and our mannerisms and me calling you out over your Daniel Bryan fanboy love. <laughs> hey, you, now, you came around which eventually. Now, which I now understand. And, and, and I now realize that I like to be contrarian to the... Uh, my thing back in the day was to be contrarian to the majority point of view. So when everybody was like, Daniel Bryan must win, I'm like, you know what? Fuck that guy. <laughs> but now, now all I need to do is just get Tark to come around to Eddie Kingston and I'll be set. Exactly. So, it, yeah, that'll never happen. <laughs> we, we know better than that by now. <laughs> but, yeah. but in all seriousness, before we move on, I do have one little Scholars quick talk for you in regards to the Scholars of Wrestling show and where we've been and where we're going. Is there anything else you would be interested in bringing back in the future that we used to do that we don't maybe we don't do so much anymore? Bringing back. Because I'll tell you what, when you bring up that whole idea of just having a specific topic on like a historical topic in the world of professional wrestling and you're spending an entire episode discussing and breaking that down, I just had a thought of, you know what? That might be fun to do again. Yeah, I, I, I would like to get back into the uh, and get back into the DeLorean that we used to have. We we put it in we put it in storage for a little while, but but uh, I I think it would be nice when there's not a big news week or anything like that. Maybe bring out the DeLorean and go back in time a little bit. I'd I'd be down to bring I'd be down to bring back that little segment we used to do. <laughs> hey, well, maybe after we uh, record this and get this episode in the can, maybe uh, we'll get to, we'll grab Tarek and we'll talk about some ideas. I'm sure he'd be up for it. Oh yeah, yeah, and cons- and and considering the uh, we're now in the part of the year where news is notoriously slow. It's like the, the June up until the beginning of August, when you start running through SummerSlam season, news is notoriously slow in, in the wrestling circle. So yeah, get, get together, get some ideas, bring out the DeLorean, have a good time going back in time. <laughs> That's it. Oh, the ideas will flow. But speaking of slow news news months and whatever else, and going back in time, unfortunately, this has not been one of those weeks. Uh, unfortunately, on the ten year on the week of our ten year anniversary of doing this show of being scholars of wrestling, one of the most notable and important figures in the world of professional wrestling did pass away this week. Uh, We found out maybe a couple days ago that the Iron Sheik has passed away at the age of 81. 
And of all the weeks, this one is very melancholic. Yeah. 81 is a good, solid age. But at the same time, when it comes to something that's very meaningful for us, hitting a big milestone, we are the scholars of wrestling, and this is this is a loss that is unlike fear very few in the world. Yeah, this is this is one of those like this probably hits on on or above the same level as uh, Roddy Piper did. Because this is this is another um, loss to that generation, to the generation that basically springboarded uh, wrestling into the public eye. Because yeah, you had the territories, you had the you had the NWA, and you had the uh, Memphis and Tennessee and. and Memphis is in Tennessee, excuse me. <laughs> but it's you you had all those territories, but then you had Vince McMahon, WWE, you had the rise. However you feel about the dude right now. Okay, the rise of Hulk Hogan, the Hulkamaniacs. Okay, you don't get that rise without wrestlers the caliber of the Iron Sheik and Roddy Piper. And it's like that is a that is an era that is beginning to slowly die off. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those very pronounced eras and in time and just standalone personalities, regardless of era. Oh yeah, that are the, really the, just one of a kind. And yeah, he's, not just he's one of, of the, their time. He's he's one of the greatest. When you talk about people being haters <laughs> okay mm-hmm. when you do, when you use that language okay when you look up hater in the dictionary there's a picture of the iron sheik <laughs> just he's one of the greatest of all time if if he if he hates something he will let you know and he will be loud and proud about doing it his Twitter is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in life. And and I followed him just for his rants on Hulk Hogan that would come out of the blue. <laughs> yeah, that's that Twitter account. I'm following it, too. And it's pretty clear that this that was run by like a cousin or a publicist or someone. Yeah, it was keeping it, was it going. Run- it was run by somebody else, but you know that the Iron Sheik really thought these things. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, That's but it. then again, like when you when we finally got to see sort of, as we like to say, pull back the curtain a little bit and see the man underneath, like you start to see where it all comes from, both in the positive way and in the negative. Just yeah. From the culture he came from, you you li- you talk and you live and you feel big, and in his particular case, he also was very physically big. He was strong. He was a re- he was a legit strong man and a legit tough guy. You didn't mess with the Iron Sheik. Yeah, and and when he did the camel clutch, okay when. Like that was legit. He break your back and make you humble, Jabroni. Like even the voice, you you can't get the voice out of your head. He's so unique, so distinct, timeless. Yeah, and and just like a lot of wrestlers of that era. Okay, there were good things about what he did in that era. There are bad things about what he did in that era, but it was. That era was made up of larger-than-life personalities. And without guys like Iron Sheik, the foreign dignitary, uh, the foreign wrestlers who were trying to take out the American hero, Hulk Hogan, 
okay, without those guys, you don't have wrestling the way it is today. You just don't. So it's so thank you for the uh, entertainment. Thank you for the wrestling that we have today, and and thank you for all the entertainment you gave us away from the ring, where you. 99% sure you weren't actually running your Twitter account, but 100% certain all thoughts were yours. <laughs> so so I, uh, it, it's a very sad loss. Yes. Uh, another piece of my childhood is gone. <laughs> On the, on the plus side, though, there is a silver lining to this. There is a story to be seen, and and thankfully, the story of a life of a very fascinating man has been recorded for all time and is available for free on YouTube right now. Uh, I know that there's a documentary on A&E that's a new one that just got released on A&E just recently, but there was also another feature-length documentary that was done independently of WWE, I believe with the in involvement of The Rock, just called Chic. that I saw it not long after it first originally came out. And it was probably the most comprehensive tale of the life of one of the most influential heels and interest most interesting men the wrestling world has ever seen and you can actually watch it for free right now on youtube if you're watching this episode on youtube i'm actually going to put the link to it in the description below so if you want to check out and hear the full story of a larger in life man it's right there check it out and become a scholar of wrestling with us and read about one of the best Yep, the uh, I will definitely be checking that out because I know about the A and E one, but I never actually saw the one that was produced by the Rock. Yeah, so. it's absolutely worth your time. I'm not sure if it's produced by the Rock or what the connection is, but either way, it's a very, very well executed documentary. I think you're going to enjoy it. I think all everyone hearing this will too. Yeah. Rest in peace, Sheiky baby. Thanks for the memories. Absolutely. Hopefully we'll see you down the road one day. But we go from looking at the past to looking what apparently is in wrestling's future, specifically in the WWE, because out of nowhere, we got another championship belt title, reign, title change. First, it was Roman Reigns getting a new title belt to represent all of the belts he's currently owning. And it was just revealed just tonight, as of the night we're recording this, that Asuka, her SmackDown Women's Championship, has been now rebranded to the WWE Women's Championship with a big gold center plate with the WWE logo and a white strap. Pretty much the yes. same as what we got for Roman Reigns, but a white strap instead of a black one. And I like this. More than I like the belt that was given to Roman Reigns. The white Based strap on, does make it stand out, yes. Yeah, and, and not even not even about that. It's like, first of all, they didn't just switch the titles like they did last time. So so I like that. Okay, and it's not like they're combining anything. I have a problem with the title that Roman Reigns has because he has two championships. He should be holding two belts. Okay. With you, with you combining them into one belt, which is the belt that goes to the wayside? Would, would so it's like I don't agree with what they did for the for the Roman title belt thing, whatever that was. 
I, I don't like the idea of combining two championships into one just so the dude doesn't have to hold two belts. <laughs> but in the case of this, I, I, first of all, it adds intrigue because what are they going to name the Royal Women's Championship? I've and I do actually like, read a report saying that uh, maybe it's not a report, rumor, whatever it is. It's still very early to call. But I heard something that they were going to call the Raw Women's Championship the Women's World Championship as opposed to the WWE Women's Championship. So like, we'll Something go like back, that, maybe? So we'll go back to what the main male titles were in the Ruthless Aggression era when it was the WWE title and the World Heavyweight title. You'll have the WWE Women's Championship and the Women's World Heavyweight Championship. Which so it seems. Which, for better or for worse. Which I like it because now those titles aren't confined to a brand. So you don't have the situation that you had a year ago where they just swapped the titles when they went to different brands and that was stupid and we don't have to do that again. I, do, I don't like that it took th- two months to get to this point. This should pretty much have been straight from the get when, when, you, uh, when the draft was held. But I like that we finally got here and they finally figured out what they were going to do with the title, what they were going to do with those titles. And if that wasn't enough, we actually have even more coming in because also on this past SmackDown, we've got the NXT Women's Championship, Women's Tag Team Championships, rather, excuse me, of Alba Fire and Isla Dawn being immediately confronted by Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler in a women's tag title unification match. I, this one I really didn't see coming. And for what it, were, it looks like, it looks like they're going to be unifying the titles. Yeah, this is, this is one of those where I think it kind of had to happen because... Look, the women's tag team titles on both brands it, it, have been pretty worthless. Okay. They they really have been. So if you're going to have tag team champions, do it the way that you said you were going to do it when you first bought them in. You, the WWE women's tag team champions can defend on all WWE brands. NXT Raw SmackDown. So, from what from what I gather, predicting wise, okay, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler are going to win this unification match and just be women's tag team t- champions as a whole. Okay, and then you build them up the way. You build those titles up the way they were meant to be built up by sending them to all brands. And that's and because when they bought in the women's tag team titles, okay, they have those titles have failed. Any and all tagged women's tag team titles have been failures because they don't know they don't know how to book women's tag teams they just haven't they haven't been able to figure it out so it's time to go back to the drawing board and start over again and this is their way of doing that and i applaud them for finally figuring that out yeah as much as i've been talking about my love for unifying all these very similar titles i'm almost shocked that I'm, I'm finally getting my wish at this point although there's a part of me that wonders okay once Rhonda and Shayna unify the belts 
I've got my next thought is, okay, what's next? It makes sense to sort of unify the, all of the women's tag type, tag teams rather into one multi-brand division. I love that idea. But the real question to me is, who is eventually going to dethrone Ronda and Shayna? I honestly... I'd say run. I'd say run back in a few months. Uh, Casey Catanzaro and uh, and Katana and Casey and Katana. I'd, Casey I'd, uh, Catanzaro is Katana Chance. You're thinking about Caden Carter. Caden Carter and, and I Katana do agree with Chance. you. By the way, yeah, I'd 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 run that back in a few months and have them be the one to uh, to dethrone them. Because that that was one of the best women's tag team matches I've seen since the beginning of the division. So, and and they did very well in in NXT. So they'd make the most sense for me. Just just let Ronda and Shayna run with it for a few months, so so you don't start off back at square one. The the tag team titles don't mean shit <laughs> any anymore because you hot potatoed them after after one month after one month after unifying them. Give them give them a couple months of a run and then have uh, and then have Caden and Katana take it off them. Yeah, that could very easily be set up into a big match at SummerSlam this year. That yeah. would fit perfectly. And it actually lends credence to your uh, title unification match that you were pushing the um, undisputed universal title and the world heavyweight title. I'd, I, I'm starting to go for it now. I just think that participants are going to be different because they've really started killing Cody Rhodes's push for me like it, it like I'm not on the train anymore uh, because because of how long they've uh because of how long they've done this uh, Lesnar feud and what they're doing with it going forward because they're saying that it might be a bull rope match at SummerSlam and it's like I don't They've, for me personally, okay, I'm not going to try to speak for anybody else, but I would rather see uh, a, a bloodline member turn on Roman Reigns and, and, win, and win the titles off of him, or I would like to see Seth versus Roman main event WrestleMania in, the, in a unification match. That is a possibility. That, that and... that's that that's I I the way they've built up Seth, the way he's talking in interviews about Roman, I I can see them starting to head in that direction. That does make sense. I, I and given the unusual way a lot of this stuff has been handled lately, I can't fault you for thinking that. I still am of the opinion that all that we're seeing right now between Cody and Brock and all of the bloodline drama continuing, just focusing on the Usos and Roman and all that stuff. I'm convinced we're going to be, everyone's just in a holding pattern for right now. And that the end game eventually is going to be at the very least either Cody versus Roman round two, where he wins the title at WrestleMania 40 in Philly, hopefully with me in attendance and my wife, or we're just going to do a full on title unification and Cody wins everything, which uh, the more time goes on, I'm more convinced that's probably not going to happen. They're going to have their return match between Cody and Roman either way. And then the world heavyweight championship is going to go to somebody else. Yeah. I, I just feel 
the way that they've treated Cody after WrestleMania, it's it's just really killed my desire to see him. And and through no fault of his own. I'm just like the way they've built him up after Mania has made no sense to me whatsoever. It, it it's first it's like it's not believable to me. I do, I'm like I've seen you injured. I've seen you wrestle well injured. Okay, it, and it was it was my match of the year last year. Your torn peck, uh, Hell in a Cell match. Okay, what you just did with Brock Lesnar at Night of Champions. Okay, it. it I did not believe you were hurt. I did not believe that your arm was broken. I did. If your arm was broken, I'm seeing Super Cody, and I don't like it. If I didn't like Super Cena, I'm not gonna like Super Cody. Okay, that's just the way. That's just the way my mind goes. You do not pass out to the Kimura lock with a broken arm. You tap immediately. <laughs> And honestly, <laughs> I, I can't fault you for that either. And really, that reasoning is part of why I'm going for my my end game prediction as it is. Because with all this crap that that is going on with Cody Rhodes right now, in order to make it, it all worthwhile, if the decision of him losing at WrestleMania 39 was indeed the correct one, they're going to need an even bigger, grander payoff if they're bypassing the one they had at WrestleMania 39. And this, if in order to be re, all reach a satisfying conclusion, we're looking at a title unification or him beating Roman Reigns in the main event at WrestleMania 40. Yeah, Otherwise, I, none of this indeed makes sense at all. Yeah, and but it's like if he's if he's going to have the same heat. Or if he's if he's gonna have the same uh, pop going into WrestleMania 40, uh, they need to start building him up real quick, in the correct fashion, in a fashion that makes sense, not barely beating Brock Lesnar, running away like a running away like a bitch at the end of it, okay, and then getting your ass beat, getting your arm broken, and then not getting your arm broken. And then just unrealistic bullshit. You can't. You can't do that. It. It's like it's got to be organic, which is a problem because you had organic, and you overthought it. And we're here now, where I'm at a where I'm at a part where I barely believe anything you're doing right now. So it. You might still have belief in him going forward i need to get that i need to get that belief back you need to start the wwe needs to start rebuilding him to a point where i can see him in the main event of wrestlemania 40 because right now with the way they're building him i don't see it i i see more satisfying story conclusions for other wrestlers facing roman reigns at wrestlemania right now so they, in order to get your prediction the way you want it, I need to start seeing more of the Cody Rhodes that was going into WrestleMania than the Cody Rhodes that I'm seeing now. <laughs> and I hope that we have almost a full calendar year before we have that to establish that. So I'm nervous, but I've still got a fair amount of cautious optimism too where at least where i know the possibility exists does this make mm. sense yeah oh i'm uh, i'm sure the possibility exists and i'm and i'm almost 95 percent certain they're gonna roll with your prediction i'm i'm just i'm just like you got some work to do to make me believe that that he's got to be at the same level of popularity that he was going into WrestleMania 39 because I'm still of the belief that you ruined your shot. It's going to be an uphill climb to be sure, <laughs> but that's 
seeing how how and if they can pull it all off is going to be the thing to watch. But all that being said, those are our thoughts for this past week in the world of wrestling. And us just taking a look back down memory lane and as far as our own history of this show. But now, as always, is the time where we pitch it out back over to you, our fellow fans. What did you think of this past week in wrestling? Do you have any special memories with the Sheik? Do you have any special memories about this show if you've been watching or listening for a, a good long while? Whatever you think, wherever you're coming us from, let us know what you think all across the internet. Facebook posts, YouTube comments, wherever you are, we want to hear from you, particularly on the Twitter machines. Join the conversation. And if you want to join the conversation, Brian, where can they reach you? You can reach me feeling giddy about the matches already announced for AEW Forbidden Door at Atomic Beanpole. And you can join the conversation with me at I'm Robbie Rage. Join in all the conversation. And for those social link media links and more, check us out on our link tree in the description below. That's link tree slash scholars of wrestling. And friends, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for 10 years. And here is to 10 more years of our wacky nonsense. Because we're still going to be here doing this. You already knew that because you know who we are. Now and forever, we are the scholars of wrestling, and you have just been schooled. You were welcome. welcome. Thank you all. Good night, and have a good day, brother. Have a nice day.